0: Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Mashonda Shines. Well, we're back. It's another edition of try beginner's luck. And yes, I am still overwhelmed, but because we're in November, I'm just going to add how grateful I am grateful that I get to do this grateful that you get to hear this and just grateful for just life. Whew, y'all we are here. We're above ground. And that in itself is a miracle. It is a blessing and I am super grateful for that. Um, I do believe this time of year is probably my favorite time of year because people are, the gratitude ste- seems to just increase a little bit more and people start to get happier because they know that the holidays are coming. But this also can be a very tumultuous time for those who have experienced loss. And I'm not immune to that either because um, this time last year, I probably wasn't as grateful as I am this year. Um, But just thinking about all of the wonderful things that um, that we can be grateful for, and really just lifting that up and holding that gratitude is priceless. And uh, today, you guys know I'm an announcer, and so I come across some very interesting people who have some very amazing stories. And that's too because I'm very uh, friendly, and I ask, and I'm like, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, going to talk to people and. I was at Northeast. I had never been to the Northeast race before. And just to let you know, I wasn't supposed to do Northeast announcing. I switched because I ended up getting an opportunity to go to age group nationals. And so as a result, I was like, hey, I can't do this race, but can I do this one? And we just switched, you know, the two announcers, we just switched places. And lo and behold, I always try to look for Uh, I like to call them little kisses and little sweet moments that just proved I was supposed to be in a place. And this gentleman was coming um, up, his wife was waiting for him and she was starting to tell me his story. And I was like, what? He, what? What? Like, okay, I'm going to tell you because you're like, Mashonda. tell us, don't just say what. But this gentleman clinically died For 20 minutes, let that soak in for just a second. You clinically die for 20 minutes and people are surrounding you having to resuscitate you 20 minutes. So I said, oh, 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 I need you on the show. Oh, that kind of rhymed. Oh, 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 I need you on the show. Yes, I did. And let me tell you, getting this gentleman on because he lives a busy lifestyle wasn't easy, easy, but it's definitely worth it, and I am grateful that I get to bring to you, Mr. Eric Knox. Ooh, Eric, welcome to Try Beginners Luck. Thank you. It's good to be here.
1: Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited. Heck, I'm excited. Like it's
0: an opportunity
1: like you said, to share testimony. So I really do appreciate that.
0: Yeah, like my platform is open and I wanna share great stories with anyone because sometimes we don't know how, um, what struggles other people may face. And you sharing your story could be the one thing that inspires somebody to try again or to just do whatever it is that they love again. It doesn't necessarily have to be triathlons. Obviously I want it to be, but just to do and move and keep progressing. And so Eric, let's just talk a little bit about your background. Like how did you even come to be in this sport?
1: Triathlon's kind of uh, strange because uh, I was in the army um, stationed in Australia and, uh, I had played rugby for about on and off for about 10 years and was a power lifter. Um, and coming up onto my 30th birthday, my back and my body hurt so bad from that lifestyle. So, uh, the rugby, as you may know, is a full contact sport with no pads. Um, and the Aussies played pretty fiercely, even the amateurs. So, uh, I had done that for many years, and um, I decided that the endurance uh, sport would be better for me. Um, and they had a um, uh, they had a uh, triathlon team or league in the town that I was working in, and uh, I put in put in for a membership and uh, joined the joined the team and um, started doing sprints and Olympic distance. Uh, this was back in the late nineties. Um, when I came back to the United States, I made a goal. Uh, uh so we moved to Denver, Colorado, uh, me and my family at the time. Um, and, uh, I started running half marathons and marathons, and I made a goal somewhere in the early two thousands, uh, to do an Ironman for my 40th birthday. So this would be, almost 10 years from when I started doing triathlon. So my first Ironman was uh, in Coeur d'Alene in 2009. So a lot has happened since then, but uh, I've got an Ironman this month, uh, November 20th, in Cozumel, Mexico. So that'll be my, I guess, I'm going to say my eighth Ironman. Although two of them I didn't finish, so <laughs> we'll we'll call this. It'll get it'll be my sixth finish, so we'll go with that. So, um, okay, it's pretty crazy, yeah. It's quite a history.
0: <clears throat> what? What? And what?
1: Yeah. So last year when you and I were at Ironman Maryland, that was my fifth finish, and my. Third attempt at Ironman Maryland. So <laughs> the first two I didn't make, didn't finish. Uh, bonked out at the run. So it's tough, though. It's it's a tough sport.
0: You knew I um, did Ironman Maryland?
1: You told me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> you, remembered. you, you remember. You remember from, from the conversation.
1: Day. I finished yeah. at 1607 and I sat right around and watched every last person finish. So I must have been there yelling and screaming, and my wife was ringing the cowbell.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just a few people there. I mean, technically, uh, it was 1717. 17, but the thing is, I didn't quit under duress. And so the the, the yeah. thing about Ironman is, like you said that you, you, you attempted Maryland three times and did it last year. When you go out and do yeah. these races, they're not guaranteed. And you never know no. what's going to what you're going to face that day what you're gonna to have to problem solve in that day. And for me, it took me a, a moment to get over it, right? Because you go through this moment of, oh my God, I didn't finish your mind, failure, all this kind of good stuff. And no, no, not at all. And the fact that you're gonna be in Cozumel, oh my goodness, I'm getting all fuzzies and warmies inside. Oh, it to be wonderful. <laughs> I, I I believe it will be wonderful. And I I might just see you there, I may. I might just see you there. Come on now. Yeah, the
1: water's going to be eighty-four degrees. They said.
0: <laughs> now, will the temperature be, be in the seventies? Now, that would be that would be ideal. I said it would be would be, okay. okay. yeah. okay. well, be a little warm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know warm. the people don't want to hear us talk about what's going to happen on November twentieth. Although they <laughs> might. But wow, you set these goals for yourself. You you change from doing a more contact sport of rugby. You come into the endurance and you're still doing endurance. Take us back to your very first triathlon because here at Tri Beginners, like obviously our audience wants to hear about those good stories of what happened when. So if you can take us back to your first time of doing it when you, I think you said you turned 30, that you wanted to for do this 30th, yeah. for your 30th birthday. So take had, us back I there.
1: I made a plan beforehand. This is why this is what I love about triathlon um, and pretty much everything you're going to succeed at in life. You've got to sort of think about it ahead of time, usually to really expect success. Um, I think that, you know, I started uh, about six to 10 months early, Um, had just a mountain bike and a pair of old running shoes. Uh, At the time I was serving in the army. And uh, I needed to lose some weight. Um, so I lost about 70 pounds in six months. Uh, <laughs> so went on the Weight Watchers diet. That was a fantastic, you know, point, points counting. Um, just, a, just a really good, you know, effort to exercise four or five days a week and eat well. Um, and of course, uh, six months later, I did my first sprint. I still couldn't, barely swim it's in the local pool and you could walk that pool. So uh, it was like barely four feet at the middle. So um, if you you were struggling, you you didn't have to swim the whole thing. Thank thank God, thank the Lord. I'm gonna say that right now because I I don't know if I'd have made it. So, um, but it was, it was an experience uh, and uh, it it felt so good to do, to plan and, uh, you know, and train and of course the weight loss feels great. Uh, you feel so much better when you're carrying a little less uh, of this. <clears throat> I got a little more back on, but you know, life and the, and time, it, it does catch up. Um, but I'm still loving it. Every, the process is so wonderful. And um, you know, we talk about this a little bit too. Um, you definitely feel his presence. Uh, a lot. Um, I had a 15 mile run day before yesterday. I was definitely praying during that run. <laughs> and there are times when you're when you're on cruise, but you're clipping along good, and you just feel great, and you you notice your environment. You notice you know the trees changing color and the birds out there, and it smells beautiful, and uh, and you you can't deny. Uh, his existence, and you can't deny the blessings we have just being here. So that is, uh, that's part of my testimony. And I keep coming back. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a process.
0: Hence that gratitude, right, that we started the segment off with this, like, you know, being grateful. I can resonate with what you're saying this year is it's been different. I feel like, the vibrancy of the trees have been a little bit brighter and the colors have been a little bit richer. And it could just be from my vantage point and my great appreciation for, for life that I'm just looking through a different lens that just shows like, wow, like I've been into leaves. I don't ever like leaves. I don't care about a leaf, but I've been taking pictures of leaves on daily walks and just been like, Look at the colors, the vibrancy. And I think sometimes that's, it happens when we get to stop and be present and be in the moment. And before this, I was on the go, ripping and running that I didn't have the time to sit down, truly smell the roses and just be present. And so this fall has been a different fall for me as a result to your point of, Wow! Look at the trees. Wow, was this always here? I don't ever recall seeing this, and so I totally resonate with that. But since we're talking about testimony, let's just dive right in because I already told the people that um, you were clinically dead for 20 minutes. What, Eric? Seriously?
1: Not not, not a not a brighter moment, but it did turn out um, well for. <laughs> But ultimately um, I didn't have any idea I had any problem with my heart. Um, I was working uh, deployed overseas and uh, work, working, you know, my, my work is on computers. I'm, I'm an engineer, I've got a master's in computer science uh, and I, I help them with, you know, information and uh, information systems and computer systems um, and out in, in the war zone um, we got a lot of very talented and capable people doing their best to you know, defend this country and, uh, and look out for each other. Uh, we all are CPR certified um, and uh, thank the Lord for that because I'll tell you they, there was a day I needed it. Um, I had been pretty sick for a, about a week or two, uh, had a flu bug or something, got a little chronic bronchitis. Um, what I found out recently was apparently I ran a half marathon that morning. Uh, didn't, I didn't realize that. Um, and, uh, that afternoon I was working on a report, uh, on, in the office, uh, all the troopers were around, uh, the guys that I mentored and, and, uh, you know, was, uh, deputy OIC out there. Um, and, uh, I guess I just passed out right at my workstation. Um, they came they came forward and there was no uh, no pulse. was not breathing. So that's, when I say clinically dead, that's um, that's sort of a tongue in cheek, but that's that's exactly what it means. You're not uh, biologically dead because that would mean they're going to cart you off in the body bag. But in this case, uh, they gave me CPR. Uh, one of my guys um, ran down to the chow hall, which was almost a half mile away. And got the AED, the automatic external defibrillator. You know, he must have been sprinting, dead sprint, because he, <laughs> he got it within a few minutes. Uh, they put that on me. Um, I, it shocks, it tells you when to shock. It shocked me three times. Um, and they got me, uh, they got the medics there, got me on the ambulance. And I think I got another shock, is what I was told. So. Um, I don't remember anything except waking up and launch to Germany hospital about uh, a week or so later. So um, chances are they put me in a like, a, like a semi-comatose state to make sure that I stayed stable for the trip um, out of, out of the war zone. So that's pretty common. Um, you know, what's uncommon is uh, I lost a lot of memory. Um, and um I rekindled my love for Jesus (laughs) and for the Lord. um, i really, you know, born again as a kid, as a teenager, but uh, time and uh, a lot of battle wounds later, you sort of um, maybe just lose that fresh outlook for your relationship with God. And um, that death, near death experience changed me a ton um there was a lot of things going on uh divorced my wife of 28 years at that time she uh she had separated from me a year earlier but we were still you know um living in the same house and uh, had kids and the grown children in the house so um, i have three grown kids in colorado with um, four grandkids out there so and uh, my new wife Becky, who you met, has two grown children and three grandkids here, so we got seven uh, plus another step, so that's eight grandkids between us. So talking about joy and being blessed—that uh, every day—that is what we live for. So, wow, uh,
0: yeah, um, go on about <laughs> about
1: the about the experience, but I had already paid for Iron Man uh, Colorado before I went to Afghanistan. So, um, cause you pay for these about a year in advance, if you're going to do one, um, at the time I was running, uh, marathons, sub four hour marathons regularly. So I've done 20 marathons and half of those that were sub four hours. So I actually used to get out and run a little bit. <laughs> so in any case, uh, I went ahead and did Ironman Colorado in 2015 nine months after my heart attack. So, um, and I wanna, I wanna say my doctor was 100% behind me, said um, that the athletics and the sport of triathlon had nothing to do with my problems with my heart. So, a uh, lot of anxiety and stress and getting sick and having a bad, you know, chemical imbalance. Uh, some cholesterol and some, you know, um, odds and ends. And I used to smoke, believe it or not. (laughs) So I sure don't anymore. (laughs) There's a lot of of blessings that have come with this. Um, And it's uh, uh, almost eight years down the road, um, eight years since my heart attack, I have not had any problems with my heart. So I do watch it. And uh, I uh, definitely see my cardiologist every year and take medicine. And uh, of course, we stay in shape through triathlon. And the best part about swim, bike, and run is you're not constantly doing one thing all the time. Uh, so I'll put a little plug in for a triathlon because I love it. And um, if I'm tired and I've got a little uh, tendonitis in my Achilles right now, uh, tomorrow I will swim and bike instead of run. So works really well. <laughs> so I never have to worry about uh, you know a repetitive injury that just won't go away because I can always work on the other things. So. That's a good. That's a
0: good thing, Eric. Wow, um, nine months after you were pronounced clinically dead, you overcome to do Ironman Colorado, which they don't do anymore.
1: I didn't know they canceled that one. <laughs> it's a. T- it was a tough one.
0: I don't think yeah. they do that one anymore. Well, at least I don't know. Well, don't give me the line. I don't know. But um wow. That's,
1: oh, that's the, the very first time I've swam two miles without a wetsuit. <laughs> the
0: that's determination, insane. the determination and the the drive, the tenacity, the perseverance. I applaud you. And um I can see how you said you rekindled your relationship with the Lord. And I guess after experiencing something like that, it's, 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 it definitely puts things in perspective and it's like, Hey, hold, hold on. Let me get my whole life together. Like I literally just lost it. And now that I'm here, I understand that I have purpose. And so sometimes we do get lost and we go off the beaten path, but thank God for redemption and second chances and opportunities to do things differently. And so I am just in awe of your story. Like I've never, you're the first person I've ever met that died per se for 20 minutes. And that was 20 minutes before any type of medics came. That's just people who- have learned CPR and understand how to work the AED and able to keep you sustained or at least to you know go well, through the circuits. I did
1: such a good job, I have
0: no damage in my heart. <laughs> Believe it or <laughs> not.
1: And that's really rare too. So um, most people that experience the what's called a widow maker, the type of heart attack I had, usually if they do survive, have significant damage. Uh, my heart has no dead spots. There's no damage to it. They gave me a couple stents, but I had a very minor blockage, so it was just uh, arbitrary. Army hospitals, uh, uh, what do they call it? Um, it's its a uh, better, caution's a better part of valor. They just make sure they do something to try and fix mm. you, even though there's probably nothing wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, It's good, though. I mean, everything, I have nothing but uh, gratitude for everything they did. Um, and, uh, those were, those were my guys, like some of them I had mentored and trained years earlier in Denver, uh, in the workplace. Uh, you know, we have long-standing relationships and I still hear from them. Uh, we went out, my, my new wife, Becky, and I went out to Hawaii for our honeymoon. And, uh, one of the guys that Helped transport me uh, and help with my CPR was stationed in Hawaii and we met up. (laughs) He took us on a tour of the island. So, you know, I have uh, all these friends from uh, way back then, and some of them were directly, you know, directly involved. I still keep in touch with all of them. Uh, And that's just a continued blessing, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, it's wonderful.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, wonderful to be alive. Pretty much, you know, guaranteed I'm going to say that every day, every morning. It's just good to to be putting the feet on the floor and uh, getting up and getting moving. There are times when it hurts. I'm 53, so I've got a lot of miles put down. So uh, it is a little painful on occasion, but uh, I'm still always blessed and always thankful for the opportunity. So
0: to have breath in your lungs, you're 53 years young, and you're still trying. You lived, therefore you can try. Um, And I, you know, some people would have just given up because that's easy. Um, And it might've just been what they wanted to do. I mean, come on, people have choices. We have choices in life, but I'm just so grateful that you're still trying. So it's been eight years and in on November 20th, because we're recording this, we're in November, but we're recording this a couple of uh, days earlier. Um, you're going to be doing Iron Man Cozumel. And this will be your eighth. This will be my eighth Iron Man, yes. Eighth yeah. Iron Man. Eight years, eighth Iron Man. Damn,
1: you got a point there. It's mm. uh,
0: it's kind of little, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm just doing a body roll for your victory right now. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey! I love it. Like you're getting to go down there. You're going to be. I hear it's beautiful there. Have you ever done Cozumel before?
1: Uh, We stopped there on a cruise. Um, a, I think it was a year before we got married. Uh, we stopped on a cruise. Um, one of the cruise lines stopped Jamaica. Uh, Cayman Islands at Casamelo. So very nice. I mean just for a stop, a day stop. Oh, yeah. We're excited because we're doing, you know, a staycation. My folks are coming out. My mom and stepdad are coming out. And uh, we're gonna do a family vacation at a nice resort there and uh, you know make a make a make a make a good time out of it. Instead of you know always we do these destination you're going Wherever you're going, you're going to spend the night so that you can do, get up at four o'clock in the morning, all bucket of nerves and, you know, uh, get out there and rejoin your bicycle, uh, uh, in a really, you know, visceral way. (laughs) So it's, you know, exactly what I'm talking about (laughs) That seven o'clock first dip in the cold water. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be much nicer to have a little, um. A little vacation and uh, do some kayaking, some snorkeling, uh, maybe some deep sea fishing, uh, enjoy the uh, culture in the neighborhood. Uh, we love, we love uh, travel.
0: So that's, um, that's part of the joy of doing this. This just warms my heart. So how, okay, so I know you're doing a family vacation, but why Cozumel? Was Cozumel significant to you in any way? Or you just said, I want to do an Ironman this year and I'm picking Cozumel.
1: So uh, I, I have a, a story about Ironman Maryland. Uh, we talk about perseverance. Um, they have um, have jellyfish in the in the water. Um, <laughs> jellyfish, 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 Last year, it was uh, it was over beyond the cusp. It was definitely the worst I've ever seen them. Um, I could I didn't like it the first two times I did it um, 2017 and 2019. And I was not a fan at all. Um, even in a wetsuit, I just, uh, give me a little heebie-jeebies just thinking about it now. So, um, (laughs) so, um, we said we got to find somewhere else to do this, uh, late season. So I, I think I mentioned to you before, I like to do something early season. Um, so that I don't spend the whole winter laying around on the couch um, eating bonbons. Uh, so we do, uh, we do the half Ironman in, in Cambridge called the Eagleman. I've done that seven times now. So first one was uh, actually the year I died, 2015. So <laughs> that was, uh, I did that in June. Um, so that was much closer to, uh, to my event. I was still on all my meds. Uh, which some of them make it so you can't run very fast because uh, because uh, they slow your heart rate down and keep you from uh, having high blood pressure and that that regulation lasts no matter what you're doing. So if you're out um, doing a half Ironman, don't expect fast times because you can't because you can't do it. Right. <laughs> there ain't no sprinting. Right. <laughs> it's your body that won't let you. So yeah. So that's every year I do Eagleman. I've already paid for next year. That's my first uh, triathlon of the year, typically. Actually, the last two years, I've been doing um, the uh, Rock Hall Triathlon with Kinetic. So that's this the Olympic. And then I come out and do the – a week later, I come out and do the half. And then uh, this year, I did seven other races with Kinetic. I did four other Olympics and – Three half or two half Ironman, so so no. Let's see, that's five, six, seven total. Seven total. So yeah, you were good.
0: you were a busy guy this year.
1: I, I I have been busy. I got promoted to manager at my job as an engineer, uh, so they give me some extra work to do. Um, and uh, you know we um, also volunteer with uh, Be Kind. It's a group with our church that does Beats uh, the Homeless on Saturday. Uh, and I volunteer up at the fire station uh, as an EMT and a firefighter. So that's a purely a volunteer thing. I got to redo my certification this month. So I'm behind. So, But I've been doing that for um, three or four years. I, always, I wanted to do that since I got out of the Army back in 1999. I really wanted to do like a volunteer EMT thing because I was a combat lifesaver as a volunteer thing while I was in the army. And I really loved it, but I never really put my thumb down and said, I'm going to do this. Um, Up here in, in Anne Arundel County in Maryland, they offer hundred percent free with the County. If you volunteer, they send you to EMT school, send you to firefighter school, you can come and volunteer at the fire station. So it's pretty awesome. And that's, uh, that's, really potentially why, you know, I mean, there's lots of why's and what's, but uh, if you think about it, there's a reason that we're here and there's a reason I was brought back and I I really couldn't have told you at the time, but uh, it becomes clear to me um, Mm. that it's, it's, it's incumbent upon us to give back not only to our loved ones and the people closest to us, but also to our community and to the, those around us, um, and you know, indiscriminately, just everybody and anybody gets all the love, and we should always be that way. So that's 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 why I think, you know, that's the purpose: mentor and just give back as much as you possibly can. Mm. Uh, I can never give back enough for what I've been given. So uh, they get everything I got. Um, I, I'm gonna just keep on going and I'm blessed. Yeah, I'm blessed in many ways. Um, just an opportunity, like I said, to get up in the morning and, uh, thank God every day. And, uh, thank my beautiful wife, Becky for, for, so we are high energy. Uh, we definitely do not slow down around here. Uh, I'm in a master's program, my second master's degree, uh, for systems engineering. Um, and, uh, you know, work 50 hours a week, volunteer, and uh, we find time to take the grandkid out to the pumpkin patch over the weekend and uh, go watch his football game. And yeah, so, you know, it's all it's all great.
0: I love uh, it. Yeah. Wow, so y- y- you stay active, which is good. You know, you're, you're constantly doing things. I want to bring us back in to to the tri space. What's your favorite distance? Because you've done all of them. You do sprints, you do Olympics, you do halves, you do fulls. So where, where is it that Eric likes to just bang out and that's your happy place always?
1: Um, well, the half is almost too long, but that the Olympic is almost too short. So that's the, I guess that's the, dichot- that's kind of the funky spot, right? Uh, I love I love me some 10-mile runs, Um, definitely, and I'm really fond of 40, 45-mile bike rides, but when you start tying in a 1.2-mile swim with a 56-mile bike and then add a 13-mile run at the back end, it's tough. That's Mm -hmm. a long day. Um, I finished the Watermans in 749, so I finally cracked eight hours this year. Uh, It was brutal. It was rough. We had a
0: you did Waterman's too.
1: Yeah, we had a little weather out there. Oh, um, well, I've been trying to tag some. So I DNF down on Patriots. I did not finish the run. So uh, I've been trying to tag a, a late season half because this is important in my brick, but you know, building, you take a brick at a time to build your your building. Right. And the building I need to build is the one that I'm going out and successfully finishing Ironman Cozumel in 16 hours. That's my that's my penultimate that's where i need to be so uh i'm not sure i'm right there yet but <laughs> we're, we're gonna put wow. the head to praise god right and so through, through him all things are possible uh that Absolutely. is no question in my mind that that is true um a lot of people might not feel that quite so close to home as i do um I I've been, I've been banged upside the head with that a few times uh, that just to say, Eric Knox, don't you ever doubt what I can do through you? See, so uh, used to be right. Uh, 15, 20, 30 years ago. uh, I used to think it was me. It was me that did all these things. Um, Turns out it's not me. (laughs) It's, it's, you've heard the. You heard the term ninety percent mental, ten percent physical, uh, but that's that in that ninety percent, it's spiritual. That's that's where the Lord is right there on your shoulder, and if you want to be an inspiration and do the right thing, and Allah, well, even if you don't, He loves you no matter what. So I tell, uh, we got we got such youngsters in in that question, they question, and uh, I said, well, it doesn't matter. He loves you no matter what. So you know when you uh, when you're ready to come around, uh, he'll be there for you. Um, It might be when you're 90. Doesn't matter. He's always going to be there for you. So that's the thing.
0: Me and my crybaby self. um, I just uh, no, you don't have to be sorry. I'm just (laughs) you know just so in awe um, because you're right. You know some people don't understand, and they don't have to, right? It's it's it's, it's It's choice driven. And so to hear your story and to hear how your life was changed as a result of getting the opportunity to live again, it's just changed your perspective. And it just warms my heart to hear you talk and to hear how your love for God and what he's done for you has just really changed your ways and changed who you are. And you're right it doesn't matter. He loves all of us, regardless of where we stand, what we believe he loves us. And I think that's a message that I want to just share. And what you kind of started saying, it doesn't matter what you believe um, because he does love and love is the greatest thing. And I think in this sport, I come across so many people who are just so loving, whether they believe in him or not, people just love and they're kind and they're good. And that is the, um, the maybe impetus of this sport is the heart, the kindness of people and how people will go out of their way to do nice things for you, not knowing what you may be going through. Like you just don't know. And people will be like, Hey, I got this for you here. I'm gonna do this. And people are just so kind in this sport. And I get that we're still growing and we're still learning. Um, and learning how to be a more diverse sport, but it doesn't take away from the, the love and the kindness that people share. And so right. I just wanted to to highlight that. So the half is too long and the Olympic is too short. So I think you need to come up with your own Eric Knox version <laughs> of a try and make yeah. it that sweet spot of whatever it is. And to be exact, I uh, interviewed earlier this season the interim CEO of USA triathlon, uh, Victoria Brumfield. And she basically was like, Hey, if you have an idea for a triathlon, just let us know and we'll support it. So I yeah. think you should write in, let them know and see what you can get done and get cracking in the DMV area. Eric.
1: Yeah.
0: I say, yeah, do it.
1: yeah. So, well, when- I mean, it, it's funny that, uh, we go back through and hash that over, but you know I'm still doing Ironman every year. So if a half is too long, <laughs> an Ironman is twice that. So <laughs> that's the the humor uh, where I um I don't put my uh, feet where my what what is it I don't know. Put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have um, prepaid for Ironman Alaska next year uh, because I really want to go to Juno. And do an Ironman. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I lived in Fairbanks for a couple of years when I was a teenager. So <laughs> I'd love to go to Juno and do an Ironman. So I'll be up there uh, next August 6th.
0: <clears throat> the crazy things people say and do like, if, yeah, you're right, if the half is too long, you're doing a full every year. But guess what? You live. So therefore, you can try. I, that's all I have to say. And um, what is your least favorite leg of the sport? Uh,
1: you know, that's it's tough, too, because I used to be such a such a ab and runner. Um, never, never was really super talented, but I love it. Um, and I still like running. But it's it's come down to what, at, you know, after five decades and uh, uh, putting thousands and thousands of miles down on the road. Uh, probably, probably runnings gonna be. And it's sad. It saddens me a little bit. Uh, but um, I can swim, mile, two miles, no problem. I can ride fifty, to hundred miles. It's a little bit of a problem, but it's not as much. Not as much once you uh, once you get start putting the feet to the road. Uh, that's that's where the time, and the mileage, uh, the miles past will catch up with you. Um, this is my inspiration. There's almost always a lady or gentleman out there that are passing me on my first or second loop and they have the 75 or 78 on the back of their leg. <laughs> you know, I got a 53, so I got to look at that and say, what is it that keeps you all out here doing this? You know, year after year, decade after decade, uh, and it's it's there's a spark, you know. There's uh, there's something deep inside that drives us to do this. Um, and it it's not it's not crossing the finish line. We all got the same destination, you know. It's the journey. Mm. That's what it is. It's got to be the process, the journey, mm. those and love along the way. That is what it's all about. So, if we can meet somebody like like you, you know, um, I, I meet somebody at every race. Sometimes we're running together and keeping each other going. Uh, sometimes I'm stopping on the side of the road and helping fix a bike tire, especially if it's a lonely race up in the middle of New York where nobody stops to help you. <laughs> so, I've been known to about 15, 20 minutes in the middle of a race just to help somebody fix their bike. So, um, I won't hesitate. Um, that's just the thing, you know, um, because why am I really there? I'm not there to get the best time out of everybody. I'm lucky to finish sometimes. So really, I'm out there to spend time with other people who are all striving uh, to accomplish something that's a little bigger than what they're typically used to doing. So we build these um, we build these brick walls. We're building a house. we're We're making a building one brick at a time. And you know, for every morning you get up at 5 a.m. and you get down to the pool and you get in that cold water and start putting those miles in. They don't uh, they hurt, but you're putting that brick down on that foundation and you just keep on building. So and the house, the house is not not for you to admire. It's for you to share with everybody. So that's what I think. So I got an analogy for every thought. (laughs) So. <laughs> Listen,
0: you got all the wisdom here. I just sat back in my seat like, yes, I never thought about it. Okay. Even, okay, 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 okay. okay, Even with what I thought was a disappointment for myself at Maryland <laughs> last year and those 17 minutes, I felt like haunted me for a very long time. I knew that it wasn't my finish line. Right. And it wasn't until later But what I did enjoy was the process and I don't ever like nobody's process. I don't like process, but I enjoy training and the training was where I think that's where the the magic happens. And then the race day is where you get to celebrate all the hard work and you get the quote unquote medal at the end for the reward. But it truly is the training is you can't, uh, you cannot try alone. That's true. I mean, you can train train alone, but you cannot try alone. And it just hit me in this moment that even if you are training and you're keeping it maybe secret, you know, you still need people. You have to ultimately call people, get people on board to help you. Like you really can't try alone. And it's the journey because in the journey is where the character is built especially when you're doing an iron distance, right? Like you, mm-hmm. it's the character building and that character building can be transferred to life in so many different ways. Like in work, you know, sometimes people tell me like, you're, 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 you're really calm. You should be like upset. And I'm like, for what? What? I mean, You don't want to see me upset, number one. That's not a good macho that you want (laughs) to see. And number two, you should really be grateful that I'm choosing not to go off because I can. So I just be like, especially if it's at work, it's work. I get to go home. I get to leave this where it is. You know what I mean? And so I didn't think, thank you for opening my eyes and my mind to understand why the journey, because it's those long, when you're out there riding, where it's just you and your ride and you get to work through things, through your mind, through your brain. I mean, yes, therapy is good guys. So check out therapy, but also a long ride, a long run, you know, just where it's just you, the pavement. If you listen to music or a podcast, but it is the journey and the incremental build. And even through the journey, I don't know about you, but I know sometimes when you're going through um, training, you have moments where you just completely break down.
1: Uh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been a little tearful a few times out there. Uh, yes. Whenever I start feeling sorry for myself, though, I always I always think about what I've got to be grateful for. A lot of people that struggle and have a lot worse have not been as fortunate as I've been. So yeah. um, I feel very lucky.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. I feel like I've been on such a tangent today. And, uh, this has been good to me, Eric, like, you know, not everyone gets an opportunity at a second chance at life. And I know the redundancy of what I'm saying is people probably like, shut up, but I'm just in awe that you keep going and you keep challenging yourself year after year, after year, after year. And that to me, is the epitome of running the race that has been set before you, and not getting weary, and being steadfast. Oh, but <laughs> you're. I mean, re- uh, you get weary, hard. but you don't stay weary. You know. But my goodness, <clears throat> I know that thing. there's a little bit
1: of. So one of the questions I had in my mind was, how how are we called? Um, I've always asked that, um, you know, I, I've, I've been told since from a young age that the preacher preacher's been called and I, I can respect that. I can, I can, I can accept that pretty easily, but I know that um, we're all uh, wonderfully and uniquely created. We're, uh, uh, you know, we're 100% unique in our purpose and our reason for being. Um, each and every single 700 or 7, 7.5 billion of us, we all have that unique thing. Um, and so our purpose is unique. Um, mm-hmm. And never, so I never tried, it's, it's you, to articulate how you understand your purpose is to sort of devalue the discussion. Uh, but to grasp or try and reach towards that you we we are called every single one of us and um what we don't know is how to listen so (laughs) this is this is the that final piece so you know of course I have three grown children and they ask dad you know what am I supposed to do you know um they've asked that many times in their life and I said well what do you want to do? Uh, because that's what makes you, what gives you joy. That's what's in your heart. And that's where you're being called. The Lord, he's, he's got that for you. And he's given us this gift to already know we're born with this. He knows every hair on our head from before we were born. It's, that's how intimate his love and knowledge is for us. And all we have to do is listen. And that joy is where you're called. Um, So if it's one thing, if it's five things, it's 10 things, if it's 100 things you want to do and you have joy in those things, do them all. Every last one of them. You got a bucket list, go do that bucket list. You wanna jump out of an airplane? My wife and I jumped out of the airplane a couple times. <laughs> Jump off a cliff, uh, make sure it's safe, but go do that too. Swim two miles in the ocean, yep, with jellyfish, all right, do that too. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's um, we 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 are called, and um, that that, if I was going to close up with something, I want to tell everybody that listens, the Lord loves you no matter what. He has a purpose. There's a reason for you to be here. And don't expect him to talk to you face-to-face, although it's, it's highly likely that does occasionally happen. Uh, but you listen to what's in your heart because that's where he talks to you. You know, And uh, the thing that you have joy, and that brings joy to others, is probably the, the highest pleasure that he could get out of what we do is that we're following our purpose. And uh, some of that is uh, getting out here and doing triathlon for you and I. And uh, some of that is uh, any one of a billion, seven and a half billion different things, right? So it's it's all a big community. It's symbiotic. We're meant to do that thing that works with everybody else too um, and become a big, Wonderful community. We got our community of triathletes. So I got my beautiful wife. She's my number one supporter. She's at almost every triathlon. If she's not working, (laughs) she's a a hard working county employee, Um, but uh, she's there all the time. She's backing me up out there in the rainy days, the rough weather. Uh, She's 100% my partner and she's by my side all the time. Uh, And she's getting me up at five in the morning so I can get my get myself out of bed and go swim too. So (laughs) I get the, I get a little extra uh, gumption uh, when I don't have all of it of my own. So (laughs) I'm blessed, 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 blessed on so many levels.
0: Way up. I am blessed. You know, I always have a song for everything and um, Mm -hmm. I I just want to agree with you. You know, doing triathlons is a joy. There are some people who do it and they're doing it for a different prize But like you, I get to do this. I get meaning I get the opportunity to do this because um, it's, I think, just what I'm supposed to be doing and to bring joy. You know, I I am a competitor. I am very competitive. Let me be very clear. I just choose where I choose to be competitive at. Right. And I choose my limitation Well, I choose and decide where I want to be more competitive at. Like if this is bowling or something else, but trying is such a joy for me. <clears throat> and my thing is I always want to have progress and get better because yeah. I know that as, if I'm getting better and better, then that means I'm getting literally better and sweeter. And it, and it's an opportunity to savor the moment because some people can just go so fast and they cap out and then it's injuries. But the opportunity to get to do this and to keep doing it, it's a gift. To try is a gift. And um, some people are very fortunate and they haven't had to overcome a lot to get into this sport and they haven't had to struggle a lot. But for those who have struggled, you know, we, we, we look at it a little bit differently and from a different vantage point. And so I am just so grateful that, um, you mentioned those things because I think that's important and just important to remember that when we all do have a call and that call could be just as simple as trying, like doing three disciplines wrapped into one sport, you know, three disciplines, one sport ah, if you get it, you got it. If you don't, it's okay. However, (laughs) what I will say is it has been a joy. It's been a pleasure. (laughs) What'd you say, Eric?
1: I said, I'm down with the Trinity.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I will say, Eric, it's been a joy to have you on. Thank you for sharing your story. Again, I love to share stories. If you want me to share your story, Send us in. We all have a first time story, and we all have a story. This happens to be the season of overcoming, and I got that. Maybe in August, it was just like people need to hear stories of overcoming, and literally, people have come into my uh, come into my life where I get to share their stories, you know. And I don't believe it's by happenstance that when I decided to do a. a um, this season to be about a season of overcoming, I met you through your wife as she was waiting for you to finish. And I do believe when we start to become in a flow, things would just happen like that and you'll continue to meet people. And so yeah. I'm just really excited. We're going into our, um, this is our second year. We are, we celebrated our first year. So we're going into our second and I am just so overwhelmed that I, again, get to do this podcast. I get to try and I get to bring on amazing guests like you, Eric, but I can't let you go before we do a little bit of a uh, rapid fire. Are you ready? Okay. Now you're a talker like me. So rapid fire, quick. Got it?
1: Oh, I think so. Okay. <laughs>
0: let's do this. Or I should say, let's try this. All right. What's your favorite thing overall about triathlon? The journey. And you said that earlier, so I should have been listening, but I did listen. But anyway, um, uh, where's your favorite place to bike?
1: Eagle man, uh,
0: the marsh, the, uh,
1: it's, I'm sorry I can't remember what it's called
0: down in Cambridge uh Cambridge yeah
1: where the eagles are at yeah that's right
0: where the eagles are at um what is one thing you always carry with you to any race my my camelback
1: I carry every,
0: every race. day I'm the camelback guy that's right oh. Hey, that is a necessity i need my camel back. okay at the end of a race are you a beer wine water or soda person i do water
1: first and then beer so.
0: priorities <laughs> hydration priorities priority. i love it um are you a transition minimalist goldilocks where everything has to be just right or your kitchen sink hoarder, bring everything kitchen sink my kind That's, of guy. Uh, I'd, rather,
1: I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. What is your favorite Ooh, post? To- oh, go ahead. No, you go. What is your favorite post-workout food? Uh, it's
1: tough. I love a steak. I just love a, a nice fat ribeye steak. Rare. <laughs>
0: All right. All right. And the last question that everyone gets asked when they come to the Try Beginner's Love podcast is, do you pee on the bike or do you take a proper pee break?
1: Uh, I've only had to get off and pee two or three times on the bike in the entire time I drive one. So apparently I'm not hydrating enough because, um, <laughs> because I usually go even for Ironman. I've gone 18 hours without... Uh, without stopping for a pee so yep <laughs> good question <laughs> i would uh i would pee on the bicycle seat anyway uh
0: did y'all just ridiculous. hear me snort because i was like what it, it,
1: I've, I've been in my wetsuit a, a few times now that's a different thing because that goes in the wash but yeah i don't want that on my bike <laughs> that's that's for pros we'll let them do that that's what the bike you can wash your bike, duh. I don't want it on there while I'm riding. No. <laughs> Plus, my wife will pick it up and put it in the car for me too. So if oh. she's got the little bag. Yeah, yeah. I don't want. No, that'd be yucky. So, uh... I don't. Um, I don't normally have to, swim, so I should probably hydrate better. <laughs>
0: I mean, let's be clear: triathlon is not a clean sport because we. There's a lot of other things. Like uh, anyway, what that yes. said. Thank you so much for coming on to Try Beginner's Luck. And whenever you try, you always win. I'm Ashonda and we are out. Peace. And yeah, we're out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try Beginners Luck, you always win.